0: the hard shoulder on Talk with Nissan subscribe and drive no deposit no compromise no fuss find out more at Nissan.ie
1: well now as always on a Tuesday we go down to earth whereby we invite Dr. Cara Gustenberg to pick out a topic each week and come in and discuss it with us concerning the environment. Well, Taoiseach Leo Vragger landed himself in it last week when he proclaimed in a Sunday independent, a Sunday Business Post newspaper interview that we should also consider the benefits of climate change in addition to the well-established negative impacts. Well, this, of course, got Kara Augustenberg's backup, <laughs> along with other NGOs, And so you're going to bring Leo crashing down to earth. You also want to talk about economic migrants resulting from climate change, which you come to momentarily. But first of all, what did Leo say for those who didn't read the article?
0: So they were announcing the uh, progress of their climate action plan after about three months of of launching it. And uh, as part of that, he said, you know, there are lots of negatives, but we should also be looking at the positives. And he quoted specifically the fact that a warmer Ireland will mean less winter-related Deaths and I, I couldn't help but look into this issue with all my free time on the weekend. And actually, winter-related deaths in Ireland are a massive problem. It turns out we're one of the worst in Europe, with 2,800 deaths a year related to cold, which is way higher than than our Scandinavian neighbors. And surprising, considering that they have much more extreme temperatures to deal with. And uh, so I started looking into this, and I found a very interesting article comparing Northern Ireland with the Republic, and and finding that actually, even though Northern Ireland typically has a, a colder winter than us by about one degree, they have less winter-related deaths. And they attributed this to differences in policies and particularly fuel poverty policies. So ironically, our government isn't dealing with fuel poverty in Ireland. It's causing a lot more deaths than it should. And now they're saying, you know what, climate change could get us out of this problem, which, which is incredibly insensitive to not only the people dying of winter-related deaths, which we could deal with now, but also all the other impacts of climate change that we're not dealing with.
1: Right. Well, you see, I, I I didn't read the article, but I have instinctive sympathy for Leo on this on this point, which is that you can debate any issue of social concern, of economic concern, of housing or health policy, and you know, we have black hat, white hat people go at each other, they debate, they have different perspectives from so on. But if anyone dares to say anything uh, against the line of the eco-warriors, <laughs> they're immediately told to shut up. I mean, I, I mean, I, if there are benefits, and I meet lots of people on the DART, if it's a particularly cold day, say, oh, I'd give anything for a bit of global warming, <laughs> that maybe, and there's no doubt from a global perspective, there are aspects of Irish life that would benefit. And he's I, actually resonating I, I, what ordinary people would
0: say. Ironically, that DART will be underwater in a few decades so as a result of sea level rise. But actually, Ivan, I'm about the evidence, not about the emotive issues. And when you look at the evidence, the few lives that may be saved from, from a lack of winter-related deaths because of a warmer Ireland pale in comparison to the 30,000 households that are at risk of sea level rise and flooding in Ireland. You know, the millions, the billions of damage we're talking about due to erosion and flooding and storms and the impact on the agricultural community with regard to hardship in, in trying to continue to farm the way we do now, you know, so really focusing on these few lives saved uh, to kind of create this glass half full, aren't we great at addressing climate change thing is, is it's just a false narrative when you look at the evidence. No, no,
1: but, but essentially it's not a political point. It is what will be the impact, pluses and negatives of on Ireland, yes. on Ireland, yeah. right? So we have discussed from Madagascar right across to islands, uh, you know, and so on. So the main negative for Ireland, mm-hmm. I, I actually thought was going to be more severe hurricanes and storms coming in off the Atlantic. It is actually the rise in sea level, and the main positive is that it will be less cold in the winter. Is that is that yeah, is that uh, fair? Yeah,
0: but I think that that the negatives outweigh the. Positive. Yeah, I get that. So no, actually, I, get that. I don't dispute so that. So actually, it, it's interesting. I'm I'm working on this. Documentary Documentary now called "Will Ireland Survive 2050?" And so, looking at when what is this Ireland, going out? It's going out on r- Monday so on RT Television on RT at nine thirty as part of Science Week. Yes. And, and we'll be talking about that next week with Derek okay. Fleming. But but when you look at Ireland in 2050, what I think the biggest issues will be: one is food imports because we're highly dependent on imported food in this country, and the rest of the world is going to find it much more difficult to produce all that food, and, and so we will find it difficult to acquire that food. But the other is migration because yes. obviously all of these other countries are being hit much harder by climate change than we are because of where they're, where they're located and they're low-lying countries and, and whatnot. And and so where are these environmental migrants or what they sometimes call climate refugees, where are they going to go? And of course, because we have contributed to this problem, we are obliged to to take some portion of them and we've been criticised in the past for not taking enough migrants yeah. compared to the rest of Europe. So I think we urgently need to talk about environmental migrants and climate refugees. Well, well
1: let's talk about that because in the same interview he got into hot water did over saying that the extra immigrants have actually come from Georgia and Albania uh, which seemed uh, interesting uh, although you know because you think of Syria you think of the Mediterranean Mm -hmm. you think of people uh, so where will climate refugees and migrants come from?
0: Well, uh, they're coming from all over and, and actually already um, places like the United Nations are saying that on average about 24 million people per year are being displaced globally due to uh, catastrophic weather and natural disasters. So a huge number of people, they're coming from low-lying countries like Bang- Bangladesh, the South Pacific Islands, but you know, even even c- countries closer to us, uh, Sub-Saharan Africa or Latin America, where, where agricultural productivity is starting to decline and the governments aren't responding to climate change appropriately, so so political unrest is beginning to happen. So it's it's really a global issue.
1: So what's the scale and the timetable for that?
0: Well, um, they're saying now that by two thousand and fifty, up to one billion people will be at risk of, of of exposure to to big catastrophic weather events that will require them to to move, and they could move internally. And I think in Ireland, we need to be talking about internal migration because places like Cork and the Shannon Estuary are all at risk uh, of sea level rise leading up to the end of the century. Uh, but but externally too, they could be going to other countries where they perceive that they might have better uh, economic opportunities like Ireland, for example.
1: And where do you stand? Because I was I was quite taken aback on a recent TV debate about climate change where Ian O'Doherty said, if you really want to deal with with climate change, you have to talk about the world's cop- population going from 5 to 7 to 10 billion and we have to talk about population control. What, what, do, yeah, you, what it's do you say to that? Yeah, it's
0: something that comes up in every climate debate but, I mean, ironically, the the, the countries that are having the most children tend to have the lowest carbon footprints. so they're not causing the problem to the extent that someone in Ireland, for example, is causing it. So, you know, we take four or five African people to, equivalent, to, to be equivalent to one Irish person's carbon footprint. Um, so, so it's really, population control is not going to solve okay, it. Okay,
1: so these climate migrants, what what would be Ireland's uh, responsibilities and, and what sort of liability would it have on us yeah, well on it's, a kind of pro-rata it's, basis? It's
0: really something we need to talk about. And we remember um, in around 2014, 2015, Fine Gael had committed to taking 600 refugees and then that horrific image of the, the boy washing up on the beach in Turkey surfaced. And within 24 hours, they got an outpouring of calls from constituents and they reversed their policy and said they'd take about 2,500 refugees. So I think, you know, it shows how quickly policies have to change to respond to this. But one of the things that's really interesting is just this week in America, the the House Democrats actually introduced their first of its kind climate refugee bill. And they're saying they need to define what a climate refugee is and and be more open to taking people uh, from other countries that are experiencing hardship as a result of climate change. And they're proposing taking up to 50,000 more people in the country uh, specifically who are fleeing uh, climate hardship in their own countries. So I think we're starting to see other countries start to tackle this as a policy decision. And in Ireland, we need to talk about what is our our obligation. And actually, this is an opportunity too for dealing with unemployment issues and revitalizing rural economies. And we've seen that in places like Italy where they've used this as an opportunity. Uh, and,
1: and how urgent is this? Because we're used to uh, people who are fleeing potential persecution where in the likes of Syria the likes of Libya where literally people are being bombed out of their homes and that there is civil military strife. Mm-hmm. I mean, that does sound more urgent than someone who's an economic migrant.
0: Well, it's funny how they're all related. So so one of the big debates that surface about Syria is that the, the conflict there was actually sparked by a prolonged drought in the Mediterranean uh, that caused a lot of uh, farming people to move into the city and that extra population then sparked conflict. And we've seen uh, civil unrest in places like Iraq, for example, when they reached peak temperatures and the Iraqi government wasn't providing enough air conditioning. Um, so there is a connection and there is good evidence in a 2017 paper in Science showing that uh, when a country's uh, temperature goes above 20 degrees Celsius and it becomes harder to produce food, you see more asylum applications coming to the EU from those countries. So finally,
1: what what do you say to the people of Uttarad, Akal, Balanamor, who have successfully resisted? direct provision centre.
0: Yeah, well, environmental issues and climate change are only going to make the migrant issue become bigger. We are going to have to accept more refugees and more asylum seekers. And so we need to be thinking about this in a big picture issue, not just trying to block a few families from coming in at a time, but actually talking about how many families will we bring in and what's our role in addressing this from a climate obligation or climate okay, justice OK, and what's point
1: the of name you? of your programme next uh, documentary uh, next Monday night?
0: Will Ireland Survive 2050? And it's on RTE on Monday, November 11th At 9:30 p.m. After
1: the main evening news. All right, there we are, down to earth. The future in terms of climate change and migrants and asylum seekers arising thereof. As always, Cara, we wish you well with that documentary. Look forward to seeing it, and thank you for joining us as always. Thank you.